0: It is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. And I want to quickly remind you, as you celebrate the baseball playoffs, that SeatGeek is the official ticket marketplace of Major League Baseball. We are giving you 10% off your next purchase if you use the code JOHNBOYPOSTSEASON, all caps, all one word. Even if you're a returning customer or whether you're a rookie and have just downloaded the app on your phone, it doesn't matter. If you use John Boy Poe's Season, you get hooked up with a 10% discount. You can use them for the baseball playoffs, the NFL season, NBA is right around the corner, NHL just started, college football, any concert, just use it, save money, get great seats as well. Trevor Plouffe, we'll talk about your twins momentarily and we'll try and cheer you up. But we start today with a tip of the cap to none other Then our one and only Jake Storiali, who has made yet another trip around the sun. So happy birthday to one of our fearless leaders.
1: Yes. Happy birthday to our guy talking Jake. A a real, honestly, just a a, a beautiful human. And Mm -hmm. I think a budding superstar in the media world. I keep telling him that, bro, you should be, uh, you should be, uh, in Hollywood. Uh, but instead he's in New York stuck with us. And for that, we are grateful.
0: I just like it. Like, uh, Once a month, I'll get a call from him just to check in. I'll pick up the phone. He goes, hey, Rosie, give me that. And I just feel like the world is a better place when I hear that. So there you go. He's a good dude. Yes. Yes. Tip tip of the cap to you. And tip of the cap to the Texas Rangers, who, for the first time in a dozen years, heard this. And the Texas Rangers are going to the championship series. (laughs)
1: That's the best part Right there
0: Uh, For those of you that are audio only The last 15 seconds was Scherzer and Hedges Dumping beer over each other Celebrating like it was the first time They had ever had alcohol It's
1: my favorite part of sports And and I want you to exit the sports world a little bit When is like They made money right here Nobody, you know, don't forget about the joy in that. Once you move on to the next round, your playoff uh, compensation gets more. So you have that aspect of it. You're with your friends. You've worked towards a common goal uh, the entire year. You're around them so much. Think about like just getting with your boys or your girls, whatever, your friends, and just pouring liquid on each other and screaming and having a great time. It's awesome. I think more people should do it. I think we should start celebrating more things. I agree. It doesn't have to be beer showers. It could be anything, any kind of liquid. Let's get together, jump around, be happy, and spray each other with liquid. I think it's awesome.
0: Post-show. Every time, post-show. Let's I just would do this. it. Yeah, I would too. What the heck? I showered last night. I could use another one today. Let's go for it. But let's get to the question. As the Rangers sweep the O's in the ALDS, with no Scherzer and John Gray down the stretch, How did the Rangers get into the playoffs and then make this incredible run where they haven't even lost a playoff game?
1: Um, I did this on Talking Baseball, but I'm going to give you some stats right now. They're going to show you how they did it. And they did it, well, kind of a bunch of different ways, but mainly, Chris, with their pitching. With their pitching, their starters Uh in the playoffs have gone 30 and a third innings. Only giving up eight earned runs, that's a two three seven ERA. The bullpen, the scary. Oh my gosh, they don't have a bullpen. What's gonna happen? The, their whole franchise is gonna implode because their bullpen stinks so much. They've gone fourteen and two thirds innings pitch with three earned runs for a one eight four. They've also they've also averaged six point four runs a game with their offense. That's how you do it. Everything lined up: starting pitching, bullpen, defense. Offenses all lined up And here they are in the ALCS They look scary
0: Yeah, so here's what I would say Um, I had discounted them From Advancing and maybe even getting Into the playoffs A while ago, right? I gave that ridiculous speech to the uh, Mariners Which they obviously didn't take and run with it At all Uh, Instead it went the other direction And I thought that there was no way that A, the Rangers were going to get into the playoffs. And if they did, they just, the way they were built, with the number of arms they lost and the inability to count on that bullpen made them a quick exit. And something happened in between their series in Seattle, where they finished the regular season, and getting to Tampa Bay. And you heard a lot of those guys talk about it last night, that they kind of had a chance on that long flight, cross Country, to hit the reset button. Sometimes that's what it takes, I think, when you are great at something um, and you've been – it wasn't a great series for them in Seattle. Let's remember, they kind of backdoored their way in, right? They lost three of four up there, and somehow they still made it into the playoffs, and uh, that's not the way you wanted to do it. You did mention the bullpen. I want to give a a special shout-out to Jose LeClerc. One run in his last 13 outings. And if you can solidify that last inning, everything else can kind of fall into place. Um, I just think the overall story this year is pretty remarkable, right? They have spent like a team that wanted to get to the ALCS. Mm -hmm. And for that, I give them a tip of the cap, right? Everything they've done the last two years in free agency. But for them to have gotten just six starts out of DeGrom, and we've kind of moved on from that, even though we mention it every time. Then they replace him with Scherzer, and he's not available down the stretch. And then John Gray, who was super dependable this year, He's hurt for the last whatever week or ten days of the season and hasn't thrown a playoff pitch. That's that's pretty impressive. And we talked the other day about the importance of Bochi, but um, my oldest son is here and he was like, "Did Chris Young have any experience before he took over the roles GM?" I was like, "No, I think he went right to the league office after his career was over." Like, dude is, dude's figured it out. Good for him too.
1: He's made some good moves. I think you have to give a lot of credit to him, but you have to give credit to ownership for letting him make these moves as mm-hmm. well. I mean, you're talking about, you know, investing a lot of money into your franchise and they're reaping the benefits of it right now. When I mean, you talked about all those guys, but Simeon and Seeger, like bringing those two in a, a couple years before they were competitive and saying, you, we want to get you guys now when we have the opportunity to get you. It's not going to be an overnight turnaround, although it seems that way. There was... A year there where it wasn't good in Texas. Mm-hmm. Then they brought in more reinforcements, more reinforcements. They kept going, but they knew when they had the chance to bring in those two guys up the middle that they had to take it. So, I mean, they've, it's, yes, give credit to the front office and ownership for doing a lot of things. Give credit to the players for staying together and believing. And then give credit to that bullpen and that starting pitching staff for giving them outings that, you know, have propelled them to the ALCS. It's, it, it is a, it's awesome. It's awesome, and I and I, who was so against this Texas Rangers organization for so long, have you know they, they've changed. They've changed their ways,
0: and um, Nathan avaldi has just big game. Nate, man, his teams are ten and three in the playoff when he pitches a two seven ERA. That's pretty cool. Love that the fact that he returned back to his all star form from the first half. That has been a godsend for them, and. Because they won on Tuesday, he's going to be able to start game one of the ALCS on Sunday, if they so choose. Uh, Before we move on to the rest of the series, we say goodbye to the Baltimore Orioles, who provided so much excitement to a city which for years has just been punched in the gut. And they're not quite there. We've realized that. Their pitching certainly came up a little bit short in this series. But you could feel good about being on the O's train moving forward. Can you not?
1: I think you can, and this is going to be a take that no Orioles fan wants to hear, but I think this is really good for them, like getting their butt kicked in the playoffs. In this first year of what they hope to be a massive window with their farm system, the people they've already graduated, the amount of control they have on these guys. In your first year to have a great regular season, but then get your teeth kicked in, in the postseason, I think will ultimately end up being good for them. They're going to go home with a sour, sour taste in their mouth. They're going to have a great off season, and I think organization, uh, organizationally, you know, they realize that you know there are some things that they are missing, and there are some ingredients that they can add to this. Um, so I think that you know sometimes you need to get beat to understand where you're, you know, deficient, and you're going to come back and be a better team because of a better organization organization because of it so you know there's a ton of talent we're going to be talking about the Orioles for many years to come uh it just wasn't their time not right now
0: well I I would say this and we're going to have plenty of time in the offseason to discuss their strategy um their owner whom I don't even like saying his name he was such a buffoon this year publicly has already come out and said, well, if we're going to keep all of our young guys, we're probably going to have to raise ticket prices. And I don't know if we can keep everybody. Well, if you can't keep everybody, he's already
1: said that. When did he say that? He's
0: basically one of my Orioles friends, Bernie Kim, with whom I used to work at Fox and still works there. He told me that. So shout out Bernie, by the way. Um, So if that's the way he wants to play this whole thing, then this is on Mike Elias to figure out which young guys he can trade in the off season you've got to upgrade the pitching you've got to have we're a trading
1: dude. young guys now already well how about, you don't, how about this let's lock some young guys up But
0: well, they've a got to do both rate. These things they, they've got to do both those they have got to and we talked I think earlier in the year uh if there was a fictitious 100 million dollar contract on the table right now for Adley Rutschman, which side says no do the Orioles say no 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 we don't want to give you that or does he say no 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 I'll play this out a little bit longer. So, that, yes, there are guys that need to be extinct. You know, go follow the Braves' blueprint if you want. But because they've got so many guys still coming, if you don't want to dip into the free agent market, go get a pitcher that's already under contract.
1: This is what I would do. Lock up the guys that you've already seen play at the big league level and that you mm-hmm. think, wow, they can play at the big league level. Go give those guys a contract, which, you know, will most likely... I mean, depend, it depends on how they do in the future, but most likely will be under market value, mm-hmm. but that's what you get for taking it early. Sure, go do that. If you want to trade somebody, I would trade some of these guys that haven't shown it at the big league level yet. But again, there's free agency. There's so many ways to go about it. The ownership needs to figure it out. I, I, don't, I do not like
0: that attitude. Uh, I'll finish it up with this. It's really weird that the AL East has lost its last 11 playoff games maybe we have to give a.
1: no i won't talk about them the way they talked about the al central all year long i won't talk about them like that because i'm a nice person okay
0: move on to the other american league series the astros are on the brink of a seventh straight trip to the alcs after boat race in sunny gray in minnesota pitch to Abreu is launched to left field that one's gone no doubt about Jose Abreu with a three-run blast in the first and a four-run assault on Sonny Gray. So what was the bigger deal? Houston erupting for those four runs in the first or Christian Javier wiggling out of jams all day?
1: It was the four runs in the first, without a doubt, Uh, because what it made the Twins' offense do. uh, And it's not what they were supposed to, but it's what happened. They started to get too big. Royce Lewis came up with a couple... A couple different times with runners on. He was trying to hit a grand slam, hit a three run homer, instead of just trying to, you know, push across a run or push across, you know, two runs with a single. Um, falling behind that early puts the pressure on your offense and it gets you in a bad mindset. And you could say, Well, why are they in that bad mindset? Why don't they just tell themselves a chip away? Sometimes it doesn't happen like that. You saw the at bats that they were taking. Um, especially to me, it was a, a Royce day yesterday and I don't want to just mm-hmm. put, you know, he's been so good, but you know, he's, you're in those situations. Now, uh, you have to figure out how to handle them. You can't go up there expecting you're going to hit a three run homer every single time. It's just not how the game works. Like, and I, and I bet, you know, when he was on fire hitting those grand slams, he wasn't trying to hit grand slams. He's shouldn't have good bets, put the barrel on the ball. He got a little big yesterday. And it was because of those four runs. If you get down against the Astros, you know that it's going to be a long day for you and it does change your mentality. So I think that, I think that Javier did a really good job yesterday, mixing his pitches up, mixing speeds, keeping guys off balance. But I think he was helped out by the fact
0: that the twins were trying to do too much because of the early deficit. Yeah. You know what? We've seen big first innings by road teams throughout this postseason, And it, it totally takes the air out of even a viewer. Like, if you don't have a dog in the fight, I can only yeah. imagine how you feel like if it, if you're on the wrong side of a 4 nothing after a half inning. But it, even as a viewer, you're like, God, how do they get back into it? And Minnesota, several times, three times in the first five innings, had chances to get back into this, right? They had second and third, one out in the first. Lewis and Correa get punched out. They had first and second, nobody out in the third. Nothing. Didn't get anything across fifth inning bases loaded one out he struck out Kepler and Lewis if you just put I know we make it sound so easy like if you just put a ball in play if you just hit a ground ball to the second baseman but if you do that it's 4-1 after the first even if Correa doesn't do anything and then in the third you get one more run it's 4-2 all of a sudden it's a different game that place is jumping I mean target field was if there had been a roof on that place before first pitch, it would have exploded. It would have come off. And then after the Abreu swing, it was like, "Oh, this sucks." So you have to do something. And I thought Javier. First of all, I want to give him a tremendous amount of credit. Ian Maldonado did an amazing job wiggling out of those jams. We always want to blame the hitting team. Well, the other guys drive nice cars too. And Javier turns into a different beast when he is a starting. He's given up two freaking hits. In three playoff starts. Now, I know he walked the world yesterday, five of them. But still, he got himself out of trouble. Pretty
1: impressive. Yep. Gotta give credit where credit's due.
0: All right, so game four, uh, Joe Ryan's going to try and extend the Twins' season today against Jose Urquidy. Is Jordan going to see any pitches today?
1: It's difficult. You want to say no. The easy answer is no, he shouldn't see any pitches. He's locked in. Uh, He's just... He's incredible. a complete hitter. We're, we're looking at one of the best hitters that we've seen in a long time. And that's okay to say that. Uh, the problem is you, you put him on and you got to face Kyle Tucker, who's no slouch. And and I think the game plan will be that, though. I think they will pitch around your Don. You know, maybe – and I hate to say this because I don't like pitchers doing this, but maybe they're going to go inside – buzz the towel ta- I mean I hope they don't do that just pitch around I, I don't want you I, I don't like that it seems like where they were trying to go yesterday anyway they're trying to bury him inside and he just was like he just pulled his hands in anyway so it doesn't really work Um, but the answer is yes I would I would just go like this mm. fuck
0: it interesting
1: like four fingers take your base it's not He's not exactly a burner on the base pass so like you can kind of play into that as well but again like you're still out to face Kyle Tucker so pick your poison um, but of those two, I, I, yeah, I would pitch around your Don. If it's a so, if it's, how about this? Nobody's on
0: base. I pitch to your Don. If someone's on base, I don't pitch to your Don. So here's the problem: you can't look at it in a vacuum. You just can't. Yeah. If Altuve leads off the game with a base hit, and then Bregman does the same, you can't pitch around your Don Alvarez. Yeah, I, I know. You just can't. You can't do it. You're not going to load the bases with nobody out for Kyle Tucker.
1: You you might if it's second and third. Yeah, you might. In fact, you probably will well, hold on if it's second See, and
0: third. Okay. So hold on. We both agree that Jordan is not really a chase guy. He's really disciplined in that strike zone, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what's the difference between first and second or second and third? There's still a base open. Uh yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, the philosophy I, I, I understand about
1: okay. The difference between those two situations, I I think is if it's first and second. Maybe you try to get him to chase the the intentional on un, the unintentional intentional walk. If the base is already open,
0: it's a Walker. But the point is, is that right now he's not he's not chasing because the, the
1: the different situation is if you go first and second and you kind of pitch around him, try to get him to chase. Maybe it's a ground ball. You turn two possibly if you do that with runners on second and third, and it's a ground ball. That's a run. Yes. So you're trying no, I, to avoid that. It's it's all you know. Yeah, it's it isn't. You can't just say yes. Let's go intentionally walk Jordan four times and be done with it because the situations will be different. Um, I I'd almost guarantee it at one at at least one at bat today, Rocco is going to go like
0: this. Okay, so over under one and a half of walks for Jordan. not intentionally, just walks. Over. And yes. Go over. What if the number was two and a half?
1: better line mm. i would say under i think they're going to walk them twice two. and they probably have to pitch to him. yeah
0: i think two's it we'll see I- i'm rooting for your twins because i want to see uh i want to see more baseball in a game five i love those
1: No, i know it's baseball today but we love our football here as well and football is back in full swing and it's another week of epic games and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them well you know that answer it's draft sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl New customers, guess what? You bet $5 on a football game, you get $200 instantly in bonus bets. That sounds like a really good deal to me. All you got to do is download the app now, use code baseball today to sign up. New customers can bet those $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code baseball today. The crown is yours. Gambling problem?
0: Call 1 800 Gambler or visit
1: www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com
0: slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, let's move to the National League. Braves and Phillies. they return to action, tied at one in their best-of-five series. Now they're off to the city of brotherly love. Bigger deal. Atlanta trying to bring Mighty Mo into game three after that dramatic game two victory. Or the Phillies playing in front of those crazy fans.
1: I think any momentum that the Braves are carrying into this game is, will probably quickly be stopped unless they can do what the Astros did to the Twins yesterday, and come out and score in the top of the first inning. If they do that, then they carry the momentum. If they don't, and the and the Phillies score first, and the crowd gets into it, and Nola's looking like he's looking, then I don't think the momentum means anything. So it's kind of almost a moot point at this time because you're you're going into a new game. You know the Philly crowd's going to be there, and you do have a very similar situation situation to as what happened last year uh when these two teams played each other um nola had a great outing against them in front of his home crowd and that's what they're hoping for again today so i'll say that the crowd's probably being at home for philly's probably a bigger deal um but again if, if the braves come out and acuna you know starts off with a bang and they end up scoring in the first inning then i think the momentum continues And, you know, they're able to they'll be able to silence the crowd a little bit. Um, But in all honesty, Rosie, I have no idea what's going to happen in this series. And I love every second of it. I think these two teams are very evenly matched. I think that that when they line up together, they give us exciting, awesome baseball games. So it's like I want to have this awesome opinion one way or the other here. But really, I'm just excited to watch the game.
0: Okay, so a few things about this. Number one. Aaron has got to be very careful in the first, very, because that's the area where the Braves can carry this over. If they feel like they've got guys that are starting to get hot after doing nothing for, you know, the first 14 innings of that series against Philly, because Ronald Cunha has four homers against Aaron Nola, Austin Riley has five, and he's going to face both those guys in the first inning. He's got to keep them off the scoreboard if you want to keep Mighty Mo out the building. But I will definitely say the fans and that building. It's the I think it's the only place I'm going to say it. I have said it several times that baseball, there's not as much of a home field advantage in this sport in the playoffs as there are in others. We just know it. You can go look at the statistics. It's not even close to um, NBA and, and the NFL. I, NHL, I unfortunately, I don't follow as closely, so I would have to study that a little bit more. But here's what Braves reliever A.J. Minter said. I told everyone this past offseason that Philly was the loudest stadium I've ever been in, especially last year in the postseason. We know Philly fans. We know them pretty well. They're passionate for the team. So are we. It's definitely going to be chaotic. You don't hear that a lot out of a division rival in the opposition. And as of the taping of this show, we don't even know who the hell the Braves are going with. Is that accurate?
1: Uh, let's see if they have anything up right now.
0: I mean, I just checked. Before, sec- no, I, I just checked thirty seconds ago. So they're going to go Bryce with
1: Elder on MLB.com. Okay,
0: but that's a guy who hasn't pitched in two weeks and didn't pitch well down the stretch at all. And in fact, he got his teeth kicked in by the Phillies. So you're going to go with a young guy. I mean, they're probably going to go with a young guy regardless, unless they wanted to go full bullpen and have a veteran start the game on the mound. Um you know, that's to me. That's going to be the interesting part. You don't think that that he's going to be nervous out there?
1: They they announced it late Wednesday morning. The Braves announced Elder as their game three starter okay. over AJ Smith shopper
0: It's going to be quick though. He gets in trouble. They're going to have to go a different direction, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that. Especially in these games, like these swing games right here, when it's one-to-one, I think a lot of managers and and organizations manage them as kind of like do-or-die games. Totally. So it'll be short,
0: yes. Particularly with the way the schedule is played out because you're back to your Game 1 starters on full rest on Thursday. So if a Braves pitcher, a young Braves pitcher, gets in trouble early on, they know they've got Strider there in Game 4. And for the Phillies, if Nola does get in trouble... And they need to move on from him quickly. Ranger Suarez, we know, is well-rested based on when he got pulled in game one.
1: Bryce Elder, one start against Philadelphia this year, seven shutout
0: innings. No, not true.
1: He held Philly scoreless over seven innings while allowing three hits, two walks, and striking out six on June 22nd.
0: He didn't pitch against them in September?
1: Elder's lone appearance in Philadelphia. Came back on June 22nd, where he held the Phillies scoreless over seven innings, while well, allowing three hits, two walks, and striking out six. So maybe he faced him in
0: Atlanta. He did. Fit, yes, he faced him in Atlanta. So to me, that's the bigger deal is that, not where he faced him. Let me see if I. I just want to make sure that I didn't misread that last night. You know that happens sometimes. You get you a. Know, here we go. See, so you faced him on September 20th. Three and two thirds, four runs, gave up two homers. Walked five and didn't strike out a batter. To me, that's the bigger deal. Well, you got two different starts. So why are you picking the bad one? I'm picking the most recent one. Yeah. It's the hey, playoffs. We to. just
1: talked about how nothing in the regular season matters right now. Uh the the statistics are all zero. Okay. They're all wiped away.
0: All right, Arizona could smell a spot in the NLCS, a a place they haven't been in 16 years. You got Lynn and Fott going after it in this one. Two quick questions. We'll each answer the first one and then the second. The Diamondbacks advance tonight if...
1: Corbin Carroll continues to do what Corbin Carroll does. I think he's the catalyst for this team. I think if they get out to an early lead uh, against Lance Lynn, I think that they have... The pitching strategy right now to beat the Dodgers. the Battle is going to unleash the bullpen today, uh, which has actually been really good for them. Uh, so yeah, if, if if Corbin Carroll gets on base like like he has been, um, runs around the bases like he has been, and continues to just kind of be that spark plug for them, they win this. And and really, he's he's key to them continuing to go on throughout the postseason. Man, like if you ha- if you look around at this. At these playoffs, the, the guys that have the their leadoff batters at top of their order, getting on base, they're the ones that are winning these ball games, scoring first.
0: I will answer this question that the Diamondbacks will advance tonight if their bullpen gives up two runs or less. Because I think they're gonna pitch two thirds of this game. Yeah. I think I think that Fot um gets nine outs, tops, and that'll be it. And so they're gonna have to get the other eighteen. And if you can hold a team to two runs over six innings, that's pretty damn good. So that's, that's my philosophy. The other part of the question is the Dodgers will stay alive. If the top of the order
1: gets going, the guys that they count on the big bucks, the superstars, Smooky bets, Freddie Freeman, Max muncie you know, like let's, let's get these guys hot. Like, like I said, come out and try to get an early lead. Early leads have been paramount in this postseason. They are just in baseball in general. Uh, but this is why you get paid. If you're, if the Dodgers, if you're in the Dodgers organization and they pay you, it's not really for, for the regular season. It's for the postseason. Like we're going to be in the postseason, we need you to show up, and that that's the top of the lineup for them. They got to get those first four guys going.
0: Uh, for me, it's if the Dodgers get through three innings without being down. They don't necessarily have to lead. They at least have to be tied. Because in four of their last five playoff games, the Dodgers have given up first inning runs. Boy, there—you just mentioned it, man. There's nothing worse than being down. You're like you haven't hit yet, and you're already down. In this case, you're on the road. You got to put something on the board, and if you don't, you got to hold them. I mean, Lance Lynn has been all over the place. You know, he's gave up the second most homers of anybody this year, of any pitcher. Shout out Lucas Giolito. That's a that's and, a sc-
1: that's a scary stat in this series, man. Yeah, that's why the Dodgers is. on the road need like you know Mookie needs to come need out, to. get on base. Med- yep. Freddie needs to drive men in the first
0: inning. Okay, so before we move on to our fun last question, we obviously are who takes the lead in Philadelphia? That's so hard, dude. I,
1: I I have I honestly have zero lean in that series. I, I don't. I don't
0: even want to give you an answer because I, I really don't have a lean. I think Philly wins today, but I think the Braves maybe come back and win the series. I'll I'll go out and make a statement. I don't I, that's fine. Uh, does Minnesota, are they still playing baseball tomorrow? Do you not want to answer these questions? You don't have to, if you don't want. Okay, to. I'll answer all of them. I'll okay. answer all of them.
1: Um I think the I think the Phillies win tonight too. I do. Okay. All right. Minnesota? Um It's gonna be difficult for them. This exactly. Astros team had they just. I'm rooting for the Twins big time, and I think that we're gonna see that really great bullpen. I don't think the Astros are gonna score a bunch of runs today. I don't, but Twins offensively need to get it going. They
0: had, which they haven't throughout the playoffs, by the way. They, they didn't hit in the scoring series. position at all. Yeah, but you know that's that stuff runs hot cold. I'm gonna s- I'm gonna say no. Yeah. I agree with you. Arizona, I think they win tonight. Wow, you think they sweep them, huh? Man, I'm, I think I'm gonna say Dodgers just because I want more baseball. Like at the end of the day, I don't care. My Cleveland team didn't make the playoffs, so I don't give a shit about who wins and who loses. I don't care. I just want more baseball, so I think I'm trying to will that into existence. But so we'll
1: sorry, see. Minnesota, for that take. I just I'm trying to be honest here.
0: Yeah, that's okay. You can be honest. All right, speaking of Minnesota, a wonderful moment before first pitch yesterday. The two-time signing award winner, Johan Santana, comes out. Pablo Lopez is watching like he's a little kid. He comes out to deliver the ball. That's his childhood idol. Joe Maurer was out there catching it, so it was really cool. The energy was popping. So here comes Pablo, and Johan, before he throws out the first pitch, is like, hold on, hold on, hold on, unzips the jacket. He is wearing a Pablo Lopez 49 jersey. Unbelievable moment. Lopez looked like he was a ten-year-old kid, and it was just fantastic. Who would you be so honored if they showed up to a stadium wearing your jersey? Uh, uh, like pretty much anyone that
1: wears my jersey, I'm honored. <laughs> honestly, Um could go one of two ways here. I think like having Morneau or Willingham, guys that really helped me out in my career, wearing my jersey will be awesome to see. Although they really don't have a reason to wear my jersey, so. I will say my pick would be like a guy like Polanco or Kepler, uh, or Buxton, guys who were young dudes when I was with the Twins. Who I, you know, I I feel like I tried to help them, uh, you know, further their careers, teach them how to be a big leaguer. If if one of those guys did that, I'd be pretty honored.
0: Yeah, well, for me it's different because nobody buys an announcer's jersey, but I think I've told you this before about the first time I met Magic Johnson, who was one of my childhood heroes. Right In the 80s, if you were a basketball fan, you were either a Lakers or a Celtics dude because those were the only two teams that were on. And so I always loved, even though I was a Cavs fan, I always loved the way Magic played. And finally, on Best Damn, he's coming in. I was like, oh, I can't wait. I'm sitting in the makeup chair, and here comes Magic. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, uh, hi, Magic. I'm, he goes, hey, Chris. I was like, oh, my God. That's he knows amazing. my name. And I was like, he goes, I said, thank you so much for being here. He goes, Chris, you are just like me, man. You are the point guard of this team. So just roll that ball out and we're going to have a great time. And I was like, I am nothing like you, but thank you. <laughs> thank yeah, you're really you. like nothing like you. <laughs> I mean nothing. You could, I'm the guy that dribbles the ball off my foot out of bounds every time down the court. But thank uh... you anyway. So there you go. That's good. All right. Let's enjoy the baseball. We're down to three series left. We'll see how many more we've got left standing on tomorrow's show. Don't forget to get your SeatGeek question of the weekend by Thursday night. The winner is going to get $1,000 credit to use on SeatGeek. Just uh, follow at Chris Rose Sports. Send in a good, creative, fun question. 1000 bucks in SeatGeek credit. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.